Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Takes the Socks Off, the podcast answering the questions you never knew you needed the answers to. Firstly, if you're not following or liking or subscribing or whatever it's called to our social media channels, what is wrong with you? We're on Facebook and Instagram as Who Takes the Socks Off and Twitter as Who Takes Socks Off. As always, I'm Ross. I've recovered from COVID to come and bring this podcast to you. And I am joined by Andy and Simon. Good evening. Hello there. Hello, hello. And Thomas couldn't be with us tonight for reasons. So let's get on with it. So chaps, tonight I am posing the question to you. Why would a cow wear a human cologne? And who wants to start me off? But can I ask this time that we drag it out ever so slightly longer than the waterfall episode before we give the actual answer pointing no fingers at Simon? No, I have the answer. Don't fucking say it. So uh, this is about a new cologne from Playboy. You're so going to love this. (laughs) So uh, Hugh Heffer is taking a gamble on a smooth herb bowl cologne called Inextricable, which you might think is incredible or even unbelievable. But he says, be utter no illusions. It will be unquestionable success. And you'll know that cow is wearing it as she goes past you. That is a load of bull. Are you quite happy with yourself? That is 10 cow puns in two sentences. You absolute mic. What did you look up to find cow puns? I looked up cow puns. I mean, it's not difficult. Fair enough. How many uh, answers did Google come back with? Fucking hundreds. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Then again, I once did a demonstration about yak shaving and it brought back hundreds of thousands of results. So, you know, it's not a massive surprise that cow puns brings back a lot. Fair enough. Anyway, I mean, very well done for being able to read that out without crapping yourself. I thought you were actually going to ruin this whole podcast again. I didn't ruin the last one. I would have signed off after two minutes (laughs) with, cool, that's the answer. Thanks. Goodbye. I am going to go and drink. You don't normally wait for the answer to start drinking. No, that's that's very true. That's very true. That's what I blame all the erms on, the beer. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) I've done proper newbie. I've run out of drink just as we've started. Oh, you prat. But I bet you can guess what I'm drinking. It could be kin anything. No, no, only you could know what I'm drinking. Only I could know what you're drinking. You're expecting my memory to work. Oh, man, you bought it. Hazelnut moonshine. Oh, yes. It sounds like something Costa would sell. No, it it was fucking good stuff. So how come the question is cologne and not aftershave perfume or anything like that well because this came from an american source didn't it obviously how come they call it cologne is it the same as the place in france germany france germany border i think that's the birthplace of perfumes and whatnot isn't it i don't know i should have looked that up i didn't i was too busy looking up cow puns (laughs) fuck the real information let's give them some cow puns let's give the people what they really want cow puns all the way well i did find out Obsession by Calvin Klein, which we may have all had at some point, was used to capture a six-year-old tigress in India, claimed to have killed 13 people. So that oh, I did law. see something about that, yeah. What did they do then? They just sprayed it on things to scent like the yeah, trap Yeah, they had a, like a, a two months of tracking her, trying to find her, and she kept avoiding it. And the, the sad bit is that she was defending her um, cubs. But yeah, she apparently killed 13 people, decapitated them, and drank their blood. But I think that might be villager talk. And then, yeah, they caught her with Calvin Klein obsession. Yeah, I mean, if you, if a tiger's going to eat you, I don't think the head's going to be its first decision, is it? It's going to be the, the fleshy bits, the meat. 
I'm just surprised they didn't use Sex Panther. Sixty <laughs> percent of the time, it works every time. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the um, origin of the term cologne was coined in 1709 by Giovanni Maria Farina, uh, who was an Italian perfume maker who moved to Cologne. And in 1708, wrote to his brother Jean Baptiste, "I have found a fragrance that reminds me of an Italian spring morning." of mountain daffodils and orange blossoms after the rain. And he named the fragrance Eau de Cologne in honour of his new hometown. And then it was kind of used across the world. And it's very, you know, English of us to call it aftershave. It's a very British way of describing, isn't it? When do you use this? After I shave. Exactly, yeah. I mean, usually it would be Americans that say, you know, something that simple. But we don't want to use the same term as everybody else in Europe because we're better than them. Why is this problem you have with American people? <laughs> I don't have any problem with American people. I just bash the rest of Europe as well. But anyone that isn't British. I mean, now you make me sound like a racist, which I am not. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll have a go at almost anyone. Yeah, I think that's fair, to be fair. I think you will. I think you'll have a go at anyone, British or otherwise. Maybe not vegans and feminists. You don't need that kind of heat. Not when we're talking about cows. Yeah, this episode is basically fuck the vegans. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really, though. I mean, we're not talking about mindlessly slaughtering animals and, you know, eating them. No, not yet. Not yet. And he's got something up his sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about perfumes, aftershaves, colognes, whatever you want to call it, wherever you're from. A lot of men, people, will use aftershave as kind of a a scent to be appealing to the opposite sex. But does aftershave or cologne actually have any like pheromone properties to kind of try and entice a lady or gentleman or other? Or is it just the smell and I like the smell and this is cool and I'm going to go with you? I did a little bit of research on this and I don't think there's any proof as yet that pheromones exist in humans in terms of that sort of thing yeah it's true uh, they definitely exist in the animal world but in terms of humans it's it's not that i mean there's a quote from napoleon who wrote to his wife saying don't wash i'm coming home so there is definitely an element of smell that is involved in how humans interact and i think it's quite important you know to, if you think about the way a teenager's room smells compared to the room of a small child it's a very different smell and it might be that we are producing pheromones we just haven't discovered it yet but there's been a few different studies done and it definitely has an effect uh, so for instance they found in a study in 1998 that women living together began menstruating at the same time because of chemical messages being released in their sweat and another study found that women preferred the scent of a man whose immune system was most unlike their own and more to your liking ross uh, in 2007 a study found that dancers in lap dancing clubs got 80 percent more tips on days they were ovulating rather than when they were menstruating oh how about that i know right so yeah Smell definitely plays a part, but as far as I know, or as far as I've found, there isn't any definite sort of evidence for pheromones in humans. Could could a lot of that be down to us having a more complex set of senses? Like, you know, we've obviously got sight, smell, taste, touch, and the other one. What did I miss? Hearing? Oh, yeah. Eh, Overrated. That one, what people are going to need to listen to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Totally overrated that. Yeah. Uh, You know, because we have a complex set of senses, does that kind of override our need for pheromones? Because of what you say with with hormones and, you know, we can smell and taste and find other ways to enjoy. How do you make a hormone? 
<laughs> Don't pay her. <laughs> How'd you make a pheromone? Give him a blowjob. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. I've got him. We'll just sit here for five minutes listening to uh, Muttley and... Uh, then we can move on. That second one, that second one should definitely be told with an accent. Uh, speaking of pheromones, though, right, so 1959 German team identified the first pheromone. Do you know what it was? No idea. It was, and you're going to love this, the sex pheromone of the silk moth. Oh, I did hear that. Yeah, those filthy bastards. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there was uh, transferred excitement between male and female silk moths, individuals of the same species. Je t'aime. Oui, je t'aime. But it's been shown to exist across the animal kingdom, so uh, it's a very powerful thing. I'm going to come back now. I know this is probably too late in it, but the, the thing about Napoleon yep. and his don't wash, I'm coming home, I can't mm-hmm. get it out of my head, where I'm thinking he sang that like a football chant. Really? I'm coming no. home. Go on, Anne, and the rest. Come on. You started this. Napoleon's coming home. He's coming home. He's coming. Incidentally, I don't know if you guys listen to Radio 1, Yeah, but one of the guys on there, Jordan North, he did a thing for Comic Relief and he rode 100 miles from London to Burnley and they did a song, Jordan's Rowing Home, to the same tune. And it was his rowing home, his rowing home, his rowing, Jordan's rowing home. And uh, he raised hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds. So well done, Jordan North. Yeah, he did, not he? Because he was like on 180,000 on the evening before and then suddenly jumped to 400,000 the next day. He really I well. think he raised over 800,000 or something. Wow. Yeah, it's mental. It's really cool. He's a good lad. He is. So who wants to bring me to the actual answer to this question? Well, the idea of cows wearing human cologne, the human is kind of in quotes, because the idea is they have developed, or they're in the process of developing a cologne for cows that makes them smell like humans. Now, you might think, why the fuck would they want to do this? Why would cow? I mean, is this to make cows more attractive to humans? No, it's not. I don't know why you brought that up, Ross. Love sexy cows. Got your subscription sorted. This is basically about malaria. So the idea is they make cows smell like humans. The mosquitoes go bite the cows and they also dose the cows in insecticide. And the cows don't get malaria and the mosquitoes do get deaded. Poor mosquitoes. Will nobody think of the mosquitoes? Mosquitoes is the most deadly animal in the world. They are blood-sucking AIDS transporters. Buddhists wouldn't kill them. I don't know. They might make an exception. They are literally the most deadly animal in the world. They kill more people than anything. Forget your crocodiles, forget your hippos, your sharks, mosquitoes, all day, every day. Quite interestingly out of that, is that the correct answer? Yes, that is the correct answer, yes. Even the Bill Gates Foundation got involved and gave them £100,000 grant. I thought I had an answer, but it's different to yours. Mm -hmm. Do tell. So I've got a lady called Lisa Broder, who is a perfumier and co-founder of the Portland General Store in Maine, USA. And she developed a perfume for cows that's mildly woodsy scent and includes Australian sandalwood, violet leaf and blue tansy. Anyone knows what blue tansy is, let me know. (laughs) And uh, apparently it's for men who work or dream of working with livestock. So it's to smell like you work with them. And it was, unfortunately, they've gone out of business, I think. But it was $110 a bottle. Yeah, I heard it was to calm the cows. So if you were going to work with cows, I say I heard, I read this, but it was basically the idea was if you're going to be working around cows who can be a bit flighty sometimes, maybe, it was to sort of put a calming scent out so that they wouldn't get stressed out by your presence. 
That's what the blue tansy is. It's a, a tiny flower known for its calming scent. It's generally more well known as a an essential oil. Otherwise known as rohypnol. <laughs> Cow rohypnol. <laughs> really? I think it's for all those American guys working in offices wishing that they were out on the farm. Well, so they walk in and someone goes, fucking hell, stink <laughs> yeah. of shit. I've been on the farm. <laughs> You haven't stepped foot on a farm in 30 years. All right. I just covered myself in feces. <laughs> Why do that when you can have cow smell? Cow panther. Eau de bovine. Um, tangent, though. I don't know if, if you guys saw it, but I think this would have been a couple of years ago now. There was some sort of Tomorrow's Worldy type program on TV, and they were all looking at cows and stuff. And there are cows. There's one in America that I know of, and I think a few more. But they've cut a hole in the side of it into its stomach. So when they and they put like a cork in it, not an actual cork, but when they undo it, you can see the cud that it's eaten being digested. And you can put your hand in there and actually touch it. It's weird. Where do I sign up? <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, all sorts of weird. What the fuck? So they can sort of watch it and see what happens in real time. Well, it's that really famous artist, isn't it? I say artiste, who um, basically spliced, he froze cow, then he spliced it into... Oh, Damien Hurst. Was it? Are you sure? I thought it was a German doctor guy. He does it with people as well. In formaldehyde? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Damien Hurst at the um, Saatchi Museum. Anyway, I don't know. I can't remember. But it's quite fascinating. That it was like slices of cow, full-size slices of cow. And I don't know if it's... Damien Hurst or another guy, he'd get bodies donated to him and he'd do it with human bodies as well. I've and seen those. Kind of weird. Yeah, they had a big exhibition in Birmingham a few years ago. Sounds bloody horrific. Mm. But oddly sort of compelling. Oh yeah, it was, it was weird. But... A bit like watching a car crash, I suppose. It's like, I don't want to watch this, but I have to watch this. So another tangent for you. Do you know what supernumerary is? Uh, Super Mario's crap cousin. Nah, it's better than that. <laughs> I've heard of it, but I can't for the life of me remember what it is. It's related to cows. Well, yeah, cows. Ruminants, to be specific. Go on. It's extra teats. So most cows have four teats. Five or six is abnormal, but not uncommon. But if you have that, you have supernumerary. Supernumerary teats. It's just easy for you to say. Yeah, I was quite proud of how that came out. 50% of cows have one or more supernumerary teats. Well, I never. I mean, if 50% or more... It's not really unusual, is it's it? It's not really yeah. unusual, is it? Yeah. It's common. <laughs> Why does it need a name? If it's 50% or more, then it's just everybody. I was looking for longest spurt from a teat, but I couldn't find it, I'm afraid. <laughs> Weren't willing to go to that part of the internet. <laughs> that's, that's fucking unusual. The joy of being freelance. Nobody checks your uh, history. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to go near that history. We've had this conversation before as well. Incidentally, the the whole cow cologne thing, there is also a waterbuck scented cologne for protecting cows. So while the cows are busy protecting us, there's also a waterbuck scented cologne to protect cows from tetsy fly bites. And I don't know if you know about tetsy flies and what they give you, sleeping sickness basically, and it's horrendous, mainly throughout sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, but it's a hideous, hideous thing. But they've basically found that these water bucks, uh, which are a species of antelope, they're in the same region where tetsy flies are, and the, they've basically cut the five compounds that give water bucks their characteristic scent. And 
they've found that they can help repel the flies. So they're going to use it to stop them killing the cattle of the people who are living off the land and rely on their herd. Uh, and yeah, cows in waterbuck clothing, as it were. Nice, nice. I have lots of uh, Guinness World Records on cows. I bet you do. What do you want? Yeah, I didn't research this. I just had to have it. What do you want to know? Shortest cow? Shortest cow. Shortest cow is Blaze. He was 69.07 centimetres from hoof to withers. Oldest was Big Bertha. She reached 48 years and nine months. Do you reckon she reached that age just because she was called Big Bertha? I mean, if you call a cow Big Bertha, you're expecting that cow to last? I think you're expecting a lot of lot of dinner. You don't call a cow Big Bertha if it's going to be sent to the slaughterhouse like in a, in a few months. Do you know what I mean? Well, she may have just been freaking huge. There was one, I can't remember if it's this one, that there was one, the most expensive cow auction in 1985 was a Frisian, and she went for $1.3 million. The fuck? Yeah. Jesus. she a racing Frisian? No. <laughs> she a thoroughbred. <laughs> <laughs> and the greatest milk yield, oh, greatest milk yield by a cow was by Smurf. She was a Holston cow in 2012, and she... Gave blue milk. I forgot to write down the actual numbers. <laughs> Congratulations on the most useless. I'm sure I wrote that down. Oh, Eighty-seven thousand gallons. I thought it was. Hey, what the fuck? Uh, oh, over a whole lifetime, not yeah. like in one sitting. No, no, no. <laughs> was it blue milk? I have no idea. All right, I'll, I'll stop with the facts. But I do have a Darwin Award. Everyone loves a Darwin Award. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, we do, we do. Well, just going back to the comment about racing cows, that there, there, there are such a things as racing cows, and one of the most famous ones is called Little Witch, who was the world's fastest racing cow, and won the 2004 Worldwide Cow Racing Association's Udder Race, running a mile in nine minutes, 18 seconds. Where do they do these races? America! Woo! <laughs> then again, we have tractor pulls and stuff, so, you know. Yeah. And cheese rolling. Yeah, tossing the Kyber and... I don't think we're in any position to criticise other people's weird sports. Anyway, Andy. Mm. Darwin. Darwin. Darwin Award. I, I will say at the start of this, I have some doubts about the veracity of this story, but I like it anyway. So in California... Uh, a dairy worker who heard that bovine flatulence was largely composed of methane and potentially explosive decided to apply the scientific method to the theory. While one of his contented cow charges was hooked up to the milking machine, he waited for the slightest tail lift, which dairy workers know signals an impending expulsion and generally something to avoid. Our hero struck a match. His satisfaction at seeing the resulting foot-long blue flame lasted mere seconds before the flame was subsumed by a rectal contraction. The poor Holstein exploded, killing the worker who was struck by a flying femur bone. <laughs> oh my god. Killed by an exploding cow. Oh, oh. See, I knew you had something up your sleeve to upset the vegans. <laughs> Ross has gone again. On fire. <laughs> He's gone twice in one episode. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's a good rate of return. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> nobody told oh, me the name of the cow. Nobody didn't even name the cow. Will nobody think of the cows? Oh dear. Let's call that cow Derek the Legend because that's fucking funny. Um, can we not call it Derek the Legend on the basis that? It was being milked. Yeah, and? Derek is not a girl's name. Anything with nipples can be milked. 
You're proof of that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I have nipples, Andy. Could you milk me? Don't tempt him. Like Scaramanga. Be round there like a shot, like a whip it up a drain pipe. I'm mixing my metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> Ferret up a drain pipe. Oh, <laughs> amazing. But I've got one other thing which I do really like. Um, I've moved on to perfumes, if that's all right. Right, it's disgraceful. Uh, yeah. Help yourself. So the most expensive perfume in the world, launched in Dubai at the Burj Khalifa and designed by Asghar Adam Ali. I've probably ruined that name. Estimated to last for more than 12 hours on skin and 30 days on fabric, there is only one bottle of this in existence. It costs $1.2 million. How big is the bottle? Don't know, actually. But the the big thing about it is the name, which is, if I spell it out, S-H-U-M-U-K-H, which to my mind is schmuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, there's scents that last that long, isn't there? I mean, like, the smell of skunks is notorious for lasting a fucking awful long time, isn't it? Curry farts. You're supposed to bathe in tomato juice or something. I need to get rid of the smell of a skunk. Something like that. Something like that. I don't know. I'm still on curry farts. <laughs> I think I've been doing one since last Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Which does lead me on to another question. This I'll oh, save this for another episode. But I'll ask the question and we can answer it another one. But why is it whenever I'm somewhere important where you have to be really, really quiet, is that when I really need to fart? Yeah, throwing away. It's because you get nervous. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not nervous, but particularly in, in my job where I'm, we're recording video and I'm listening to the audio. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't now. <laughs> Andy! It's like when you need a shit at the most inconvenient time, like when you're frying an egg. <laughs> or yeah. when you're about to leave to get in the car to go to work. And I used to have to get the bus and do it like an hour and 15 minute commute with a gap in the middle where there was no time to go to the toilet. So if I got on that first bus and all of a sudden needed a shit, I was in a bad way for about an hour. Your ass crack was like the Nile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, fucking hell, I wouldn't want Moses coming near me. You grow a really impressive six pack for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buns of steel. <laughs> My ass would have like a six pack on each cheek from the amount of clenching. <laughs> There's an episode of oh, I, I want to say Ren and Stimpy or something like that, where they end up wrestling in a ring, and one of them actually has like six packs on his arm <laughs> and ends up smashing them in the face with his backside. I'm sure it's something like Ren and Stimpy. It's just come back to me. But yeah, that is hideous. And like when you're having a go at all the kids, come on, get out. Have you been to the toilet? We're not going on the way. And then they're all ready to go. And you go, right, go get in the car. And then you go, oh, shit, I need to go to the toilet. <laughs> yeah. You can't have been having a go at everyone to get out of the house and then be like, right, sit in the car for, you know, 15 minutes while I go have a shit. I, I thought you were Mr. Regular, though. I thought you were one in, one out. What, me? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, one in, one out. What, fingering shit out? Oh, not going to waste a fingering. <laughs> no generally speaking if i have an if i have a meal give it 20 30 minutes we'll be like right i'm off <laughs> let's get rid of the last lot do you eat too much fiber i don't think so or is your food being laced with laxatives no i just just regular did you ever hear about the uh constipated mathematician he worked it out with a pencil da, 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 da. 
Yeah. My friend, years ago, he told me a story, speaking of laxatives. I don't know if this is true. He claimed it was true, but whether it was true or not, I don't know. There was this one boy who he and the rest of his friends didn't like at college, and he was not a very nice boy from what I understand. But, you know, anyway, they decided one day that they would put horse laxatives into his drink. Jesus. And apparently they were all sitting there waiting for something to happen, and nothing happened. And nothing happened, nothing happened. And then the you know thing went to go leave the lesson. And everyone stood up except <laughs> for this boy. <laughs> and they were sitting on those plastic seats with the hole in the back. And apparently <laughs> there was just... <laughs> Three times. It's got me that time there as well. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to come off on the audio, but I laughed out of fart at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it doesn't. But anyway, there was a damp patch. There was a damp damp patch patch spreading into view (laughs) where the the hole in the seat was. (laughs) Apparently, they they left, obviously, and he was just left sitting there and the teacher went over, whatever. But apparently, he didn't come back in for days. (laughs) <laughs> they were really worried they might have actually killed him <laughs> but they didn't but yeah anyway that's just a story oh that is amazing i was kind of hoping that the story was going to end with a blast so forceful it <laughs> tore his trousers and came out of the hole of the back of the chair and that's where i was hoping that was going but the actual ending was just as good not for him obviously but well, no, no, I mean, I'm sure he's probably fine now, but fucking hell, he won't drink anything that he hasn't bought himself anymore. He was traumatised, I suspect, for life. <laughs> it's like that Mickey Flanagan bit about getting the shits on holiday, and he talks about when he goes to, I think it's do a comedy sh- uh, show or festival in India, and <laughs> he gets the shits, and there's a whole story, and then his mate, who had tried to not make a big deal of it the whole time, was like, Mick, I got it as well. And Mickey Flanagan goes, oh yeah, how bad? Well, put it this way, I just farted and some of it's on my pillow. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's so fucking funny. (laughs) Oh, he's a funny guy. He really is. Oh, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Guys, I think I'm going to end it there. I think we're, we are we are coming to the end. So thank you very much for your time, Simon and Andy, on this episode and for being with me once again. Pleasure as always. Uh, pleasure as always. No, you can't say that. It's my saying. You can't say that. You have to say something else. Fuck you. I didn't want to be here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I've been nothing but nice, but so, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> 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 so i well i normally leave you guys with a little story or a joke but i can't think of one right now so i'm just going to leave you with a few famous people who have had malaria given what you know we've talking about today cheery oh yes cheryl cole ross kemp michael essian sir david attenborough christopher columbus michael kane all had malaria i think they all survived pretty sure on that cheery note bye bye